one of formio or the scheming parasite by terence translated by henry thomas friley eighteen sixteen to eighteen seventy eight this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the title of the play Performed at the Roman Games, L. Posthumus Albinus and L. Cornelius Merula, being Carula Adelius, L. Ambivius Turpo, and L. Attilius Praniestus performed it. Flaccus, the freedman of Claudius, composed the music to a bass and a treble flute. It is holy from the Greek, being the Epidikasomios of Apollodorus. It was represented four times. C. Phineas and M. Thalurus being consuls. The Prologue Since the old poet cannot withdraw our bard from his pursuits and reduce him to indolence, he endeavors, by invectives, to deter him from writing for he is wont to say to this effect that the plays which he has hitherto composed are poor in their language and of meagre style because he has nowhere described a frantic youth as seeing a hind in flight and the hounds pursuing while he implores and entreated that he would give her aid but if he had been aware that his play when formerly first represented stood in ground more through the merits of the performers than its own he would attack with much less boldness than he does now if there is any one who says or thinks to this effect that if the old poet had not assailed him first the young one could have devised no prologue for him to repeat without having someone to abuse let him receive this for an answer that the prize is proposed in common to all who apply to the dramatic art he has aimed at driving our poet from his studies to absolute want he then has intended this for an answer not an attack if he had opposed him with fair words he would have heard himself civilly addressed what has been given by him let him consider as now returned i will make an end of speaking about him when of his own accord he himself makes an end of offending now give your attention to what i request i present you a new play which they call epidikasomios in greek in the latin he calls it formio because the person that acts the principal part is formio a parasite through whom principally the plot will be carried on if your favor attends the poet lend your attention in silence give an ear with impartial feelings that we may not experience the like fortune to what we did when through a tumult our company was driven from the place which place the merit of the actor and your goodwill and candour seconding it has such restored unto us dramatis persona demipho an aged athenian brother Read by Algie Pug. Cremes, aged Athenian, 
Brother Read by Alan Mapstone Antifo, son of Demifo Read by Vocal Penguin Phaedria, son of Cremes Read by Adrian Stevens Formio, a parasite Read by Todd Geta, servant of Demifo Read by Sonia Davos, a servant Read by Matthew Rees Hegio, an advocate Read by Son of the Exiles Crotinus, advocate Read by Dave Lance Crito, advocate Read by David Purdy Dorio, a procurer Read by Nemo Nazistrata, wife of Cremes Read by Eva Davis Sophrona, the nurse of Phanium, read by Avai. Stage directions, read by AMB Suite 13. Scene, Athens, before the houses of Demipho, Creams, and Dorio. Act the first. Scene one. Enter Davis, with a bag of money in his hand. Geta, my very good friend and fellow townsman, came to me yesterday. There had been for some time a trifling balance of money of his in my hands upon a small account. He asked me to make it up. I have done so, and am carrying it to him. But I hear that his master's son has taken a wife. This, I suppose, is scraped together as a present for her. How unfair a custom! that those who have the least should always be giving something to the more wealthy. That which the poor wretch has with difficulty spared, ounce by ounce, out of his allowance, defrauding himself of every indulgence, the whole of it will she carry off, without thinking with how much labor it has been acquired. And then, besides, Geta will be struck for another present when his mistress is brought to bed, and then again for another present when the child's birthday comes when they initiate him, too. All this the mother will carry off. The child will only be the pretext for the present. But don't I see Geta there? Scene 2 Enter Geta from the house of Demipho. Geta at the door to those within. If any red-haired man should inquire for me. Davis, stepping forward. Here he is. Say no more. Oh, why, I was trying to come and meet you, Davos. Davos, giving the money to Geta. Here, take it. It's already counted out. The number just amounts to the sum I owed you. I am obliged to you, and I return you thanks for not having forgotten me. Especially as people's ways are nowadays. Things are come to such a pass, if a person repays you anything, you must be greatly obliged to him. But why are you out of spirits? What, I? <laughs> you little know what terror and peril I am in. What's the matter? You shall know, if you can only keep it secret. Out upon you, simpleton, the man whose trustworthiness you have experienced as to money. Are you afraid to entrust with words? In what way have I any interest in deceiving you? Well then, listen. I give you my best attention. Davos. Do you know Cremes, the elder brother of our old gentleman? Why should I not? Well, and his son, Phaedria? As well as your own self. 
it so happened to both the old gentlemen just at the same period that the one had to take a journey to lemnos and our old man to cilicia to see an old acquaintance he tempted over the old man by letters promising him all but mountains of gold to one who had so much property that he had more than he could use do have done that is his way oh as for that i really ought to have been a man of fortune when departing hence both the old gentlemen left me as a sort of tutor to their sons ah Geta, you undertook a hard task there i came to experience it i know that i am quite sure that i was forsaken by my good genius who must have been angry with me i began to oppose them at first but what need of talking as long as i was trusty to the old man i was paid for it in my shoulder-blades this then occurred to my mind why this is folly to kick against the spur i began to do everything for them that they wished to be humoured in you knew how to make your market our young fellow did no mischief whatever at first that fidria at once picked up a certain damsel a musical and fell in love with her to distraction she belonged to a most abominable procurer and their fathers had taken good care that they should have nothing to give him there remained nothing for him then but to feed his eyes to follow her about to escort her to the school and to escort her back again we having nothing to do lent our aid to fidria near the school at which she was taught right opposite the place there was a certain barber shop here we were generally in the habit of waiting for her until she was coming home again in the meantime while one day we were sitting there there came in a young man in tears we were surprised at this we inquired what was the matter never said he has poverty appeared to me a burden so grievous and so insupportable as just now i have just seen a certain poor young woman in this neighbourhood lamenting her dead mother she was laid out before her and not a single friend acquaintance or relation was there with her except one poor old woman to assist her in the funeral i pitied her the girl herself was of surpassing beauty <sighs> what need of a long story she moved us all at once antipho exclaims would you like us to go and visit her the other said i think we ought let us go show us the way please we went and arrived there we saw her the girl was beautiful and that you might say so the more there was no heightening to her beauty her hair dishevelled her feet bare herself neglected and in tears her dress mean so that had there not been an excess of beauty in her very charms these circumstances must have extinguished those charms the one who had lately fallen in love with the music girl said she is well enough but our youth i know it already fell in love with her can you imagine to what an extent observe the consequence the day after he goes straight to the old woman and treats her to let him have her she on the other hand refuses him and says that he is not acting properly that she is a citizen of athens virtuous and born of honest parents that if he wishes to make her his wife he is at liberty to do so according to law but if otherwise she gives him a refusal our youth was at a loss what to do 
he was both eager to marry her and he dreaded his absent father would not his father if he had returned have given him leave he let him marry a girl with no fortune and of obscure birth he would never do so what came of it at last what came of it there is one formio here a parasite a fellow of great assurance may all the gods confound him what has he done he has given this piece of advice which i will tell you of there is a law that orphan girls are to marry those who are their next of kin and the same law commands such persons to marry them i'll say you are the next of kin and take out a summons against you i'll pretend that i'm a friend of the girl's father we will come before the judges who her father was who her mother how she is related to you all this i'll trump up just as will be advantageous and suited to my purpose on your disproving none of these things i shall prevail of course your father will return a quarrel will be the consequence what care i she will still be ours an amusing piece of assurance he was persuaded to this it was carried out they came into court we were beaten he has married her what is it you tell me just what you have heard oh gaeta what will become of you upon my faith i don't know this one thing i do know whatever fortune may bring i'll bear it with firmness you please me well that is the duty of a man all my hope is in myself i commend you suppose i have recourse to some one to intercede for me who will plead for me in these terms pray do forgive him this time but if after this he does anything i make no entreaty if only he doesn't add when i've gone even kill him for my part what of the one who was usher to the music girl Geta, shrugging his shoulders so so but poorly perhaps he hasn't much to give why really nothing at all except mere hopes is his father come back or not not yet well when do you expect your old man i don't know for certain but i just now heard that a letter has been brought from him and has been left with the officers of the customs i'm going to fetch it is there anything else that you want with me gaeta nothing but that i wish you well exit davis gaeta calling at the door hark you boy is nobody coming out here a lad comes out take this and give it to dorsian he gives the purse to the lad who carries it into demipho's house and exit getta scene three enter antipho and phadria that things should have come to such a pass phadria that i should be in utter dread of my father who wishes me so well whenever his return comes into my thoughts had i not been inconsiderate i might have waited for him as i ought to have done what's the matter do you ask the question you who have been my confederate in so bold an adventure how i do wish it had never entered the mind of formio to persuade me to this or to urge me in the heat of my passion to this step which is the source of my misfortunes then i should not have obtained her 
In that case, I might have been uneasy for some few days, but still, this perpetual anxiety would not have been tormenting my mind. Touching, Cedria. I hear you. While I am every moment expecting his return, who is to sever from me this connection. Other men feel uneasiness because they cannot gain what they love. You complain because you have too much. You are surfeited with love, Antipho. Why, really, upon my faith, this situation of yours is surely one to be coveted and desired. So may the gods kindly bless me. Could I be at liberty to be so long in possession of the object of my love, I could contentedly die. Do you then form a judgment as to the rest, what I am now suffering from this privation, what pleasure you enjoy from the possession of your desires, not to mention how, without any expense, you have obtained a well-born and genteel woman, and have got a wife of unblemished reputation. Happy you! Were not this one thing wanting, a mind capable of bearing all this with moderation? If you had to deal with that procurer with whom I have to deal, then you would soon be sensible of it. We are mostly all of us inclined by nature to be dissatisfied with our lot. Still, on the other hand, Phaedria, you now seem to me the fortunate man, who still have the liberty without restraint of resolving on what pleases you best, whether to keep, to love on, or to give her up. I, unfortunately, have got myself into that position that I have neither right to give her up nor liberty to retain her. But how's this? Is it Argeda I see running this way? Tis he himself. Alas, I'm dreadfully afraid what news it is he's now bringing me. Scene 4. Enter Geta, running at the other side of the stage. Geta to himself. Oh, Geta, you are undone unless you instantly find out some expedient. So suddenly do such mighty evils now threaten me thus unprepared, which I neither know how to shun nor how to extricate myself therefrom. For this daring step of ours cannot now any longer be kept a secret. If such a result is not adroitly guarded against, these matters will cause the ruin of myself or of my master. Antipho to Phaedria why, I wonder, is he coming in such a fright? Geta to himself. Besides, I've but a moment left for this matter. My master's close at hand. Antipho to Phaedria. What mischief is this? Geta to himself. When he comes to hear of it, what remedy shall I discover for his anger? Am I to speak? I shall irritate him. Be silent? I shall provoke him excuse myself oh i should be washing a brick bed alas unfortunate me while i am trembling for myself this antiphor distracts my mind i am concerned for him i am in dread for him tis he that now keeps me here for had it not been for him i should have made due provision for my safety and have taken vengeance on the old man for his crabbedness i should have scraped up something and straightway taken to my heels away from here. Antipho to Phaedria. I wonder what running away or theft it is that he's planning. Geta to himself. But where shall I find Antipho? Or which way go to look for him? Phaedria to Antipho. He's mentioning your name. Antipho to Phaedria. 
I know not what great misfortune I expect to hear from this messenger. Sadria to Antipho. Why are you in your senses? Geta to himself. I'll make my way homeward. He's generally there. Phaedria to Antipho. Let's call the fellow back. Stop! This instant! Geta turning round. Hey, day! With authority enough, whoever you are. Geta! <sighs> the very person I wanted to find. Pray tell me what news you bring, and dispatch it in one word, if you can. I'll do so. Out with it. Just now, at the harbor. What, my father? <laughs> You've hid it. Ruined outright. Phew. What am I to do? Phaedria to Geta. What is it you say? That I have seen his father, your uncle. How am I, wretch that I am, now to find a remedy for this sudden misfortune? But... If it should be my fortune, Fanium, to be torn away from you, life would cease to be desirable. Therefore, Antipho, since matters are thus, the more need have you to be on your guard. Fortune helps the brave. I am not myself. But just now it is especially necessary you should be so, Antipho, for if your father perceives that you are alarmed, he will think that you have been guilty of some fault. That's true. I cannot change. What would you do if now something else still more difficult had to be done by you? As I am not equal to this, I should be still less so to the other. <sighs> this is doing nothing at all, Phaedria. Let's be gone. Why do we waste our time here to no purpose? I shall be off. And I too. They move as if going. Pray now. If I assume an heir, will that do? He endeavors to assume another air. You are trifling. Look at my countenance. There's for you. Assuming a different air. Will that do? No. Well, will this? Assuming another air. <sighs> Pretty well. Well then, this? Assuming a still bolder air. That's just a thing. There now, keep to that, and answer him word for word, like for like. Don't let him, in his anger, disconcert you with his blustering words. I understand. Say that you were forced against your will by law, by sentence of the court. Do you take me? Looking earnestly in one direction. But who is the old man that I see at the end of the street? "'Tis he himself. I cannot stand it. "'Going. "'Oh, what are you about? "'Whither are you going, Antipho? "'Stop, I tell you.' "'I know my own self and my offence. "'To your management I trust Fanium and my own existence.' "'Exit hastily. "'Scene five. "'Phaedria and Geta. "'Geta, what's to be done now?' "'You will just hear some harsh language.' I shall be trussed up and trounced if I am not somewhat mistaken. But what we were just now advising Antipho to do, the same we must do ourselves, Phaedria. Away with your musts. Rather, do you command me what I am to do? Do you remember what were your words formerly on our entering upon this project, with the view of protecting yourselves from ill consequences? 
that their cause was just clear unanswerable and most righteous i remember it well then now there's need of that plea or of one still better and more plausible if such there can be i'll use my best endeavours do you then accost him first i'll be here in reserve by way of reinforcement if you give ground at all very well they retire to a distance scene six enter demopho at the other side of the stage demopho to himself and is it possible that antipho is taken a wife without my consent and that no authority of mine but let alone authority no displeasure of mine at all events has he been in dread of to have no sense of shame oh audacious conduct oh get a rare adviser get a apart to phaedria just brought in at last what will they say to me or what excuse will they find i wonder much get a apart why i found that out already do think of something else will he be saying this to me i did it against my will the law compelled me i hear you and admit it get a apart well said but knowingly in silence to give up the cause to his adversaries did the law oblige him to do that as well get a apart this is a hard blow i'll clear that up let me alone for that it is a matter of doubt what i am to do for beyond expectation and quite past all belief has this befallen me so enraged am i that i cannot compose my mind to think upon it wherefore it is the duty of all persons when affairs are the most prosperous then in especial to reflect within themselves in what way they are to endure adversity returning from abroad let him always picture to himself dangers and losses either offences committed by a son or the death of his wife or the sickness of a daughter that these things are the common lot that no one of them may ever come as a surprise upon his feelings whatever falls out beyond his hopes all that he must look upon as so much gain get a apart oh phaedria it is incredible how much i surpass my master in wisdom all my misfortunes have been already calculated upon by me upon my master coming home i must grind at the mill be beaten wear fetters be set to work in the fields not one individual thing of these will happen unexpected by my mind whatever falls out beyond my expectations all that i shall look upon as so much gain but why do you hesitate to accost him and soften him at the outset with fair words phaedria goes forward to accost demopho demopho to himself i see phaedria my brother's son coming towards me my uncle welcome greetings to you but where is antipho that you have arrived in safety i believe it 
answer my question he is well he is close at hand but is everything quite to your wishes i wish it were so indeed what's the matter do you ask me phaedria you people have cooked up a fine marriage in my absence what now are you angry with him for that get apart what a clever contriver have i not reason to be angry with him i long for him to come into my sight that he may know that through his faultiness from being a mild father i have become a most severe one but he has done nothing uncle for which you should blame him now do look at that all alike all hanging together when you know one you know all that is not the case when the one is in fault the other is at hand to defend him when it is the other then he is ready they just help one another by turns get her apart huh. the old man without knowing it has exactly described the proceedings for if it had not been so you would not phaedria have stood up for him if uncle it is the fact that antipho has been guilty of any fault in consequence of which he has been too regardless of his interest or his reputation i would not allege any reason why he should not suffer what he deserves but if some one by chance relying upon his own artfulness has laid a snare for our youthful age and has succeeded is it our fault or that of the judges who often through envy take away from the rich or through compassion award to the poor get apart unless i knew the case i could fancy he was saying the truth is there any judge who could possibly know your rights when you yourself don't answer a word as he has done he acted the part of an ingenious young man after they had come before the judges he was not able to say what he had intended so much did his modesty confuse him there through his bashfulness get apart i commend him but why do i hesitate at once to accost the old man going forward to demotho <laughs> master welcome to you i'm glad to see you safe returned ah oh, excellent guardian save you stay of my family no doubt to whom at my departure i entrusted my son for some minutes past i've heard you accusing all of us undeservedly and me the most undeservedly of them all for what would you have me to do for you in this affair the laws do not allow a person who is a slave to plead nor is there any giving evidence on his part i grant all that i admit this too the young man unused to courts was bashful i allow it you too are a slave still if she was ever so near a relative it was not necessary for him to marry her but as the law enjoins you might have given her a portion she could have looked out for another husband why then in preference did he bring a pauper home no particular reason but he hadn't the money he might have borrowed it from some person or other 
from some person or other nothing more easily said after all if on no terms on interest ay ay fine talking as if any one would have trusted him while you were living no it shall not be so it must not be ought i to allow her to remain with him as his wife a single day she merits no indulgence i should like this fellow to be pointed out to me or to be shown where he lives formio you mean that fellow the woman's next friend i'll have him here immediately where is antifo at present away from home go phaedria look for him and bring him here i'll go straight away to the place get her aside to pamphila you mean exeunt phaedria and get her scene seven demopho alone oh just step home to salute the household gods from there i'll go to the forum and summon some of my friends to give me their assistance in this affair so that i may not be unprepared when formio comes goes into his house end of act one